Hello, mama. Hope you're having an amazing day and you're enjoying some summer sun. If you live in a place where it's summer now, I know we just had our trip to Kansas and it was so lovely and perfect weather and it was beautiful and such amazing people we got to hang out with. It was great. And then now we're back and we're getting to enjoy some California sunshine and play in the water in the backyard. And it's just been so lovely. I just feel so blessed right now and soaking up those sun rays. So I hope you're enjoying whatever weather is before you and uh, you're finding ways to enjoy that, even if it's not California sun, because there I love other weather too. Like in uh, Kansas, we got to hear some amazing thunderstorms, which was so fun, except for when it kept waking me up. But <laughs> I just miss that. Growing up in Colorado, we would always get afternoon thunderstorms. And I miss that. California rarely has thunderstorms. And so it was nice to have a little bit of that. Felt a little bit like home, which was great. Yeah. And so today we are getting to dive into our last episode um, about spanking. And if you haven't caught the first two, go back and listen to the last two. Um, the one, the last one right before this is not on that, um, but the two before that are the you want to start there because I unpack my story of how I even got to this place, um, what what I believe about spanking, and it was a long journey for me. And so I want you to start there because I want you to know my heart and how much I struggled with this topic and how much I wrestled with this scripture. And if you're struggling with it, you're not alone. And that's um, why I'm sharing this with you is because I just felt God put it on my heart because it was such a journey for me. And so I want to help you go on it. So make sure you start over on those two episodes. I think it would be 103 and 104. And then this is the final one. I'm wrapping it up. We're we're moving past this topic. Again, I've shared it's not my favorite thing to talk about because it can be really divisive and people are very passionate about it and it's a very hot topic in our culture right now. And so I I I don't like talking about things like that because I want everyone to feel welcome here. I want everyone to feel like they have a place and that they don't, um, you know, need to cancel me or, or leave because they don't agree. And so my encouragement to you in the other episodes was just to, to hang in here. Even if you disagree with my conclusion on this, that's okay. I still want you here. You're still needed. And my encouragement to you is just to go and have conversations with your pastors and your leaders and your churches and, you know, wrestle through this yourself. Don't let me be the only voice sharing this with you. So, um, yeah, thanks for being around here. And today we're just going to unpack what some of the, the current research has said about spanking. And I just want to shed some light on that and how we can interpret that um, and how it kind of maybe got off in the past. So we're going to go into that and then we're going to be done with the specifics on spanking. We're still going to talk a little bit about discipline um, in the coming weeks. I'm not sure exactly when I have a, a guest coming on that um, is actually a friend that has implemented these um, things in her with her parenting, all these things we've been talking about, not just the spanking, but the, um, you know, teaching your kids to serve each other and, and how to get to the heart of things. And she is so amazing at it. And so I want her to come and share her experience. Um, so you can have just an example of how someone is implementing this in their life. Uh, a lot of this is based on the book, Shepherding a Child's Heart. It's, uh, has been a big, huge game changer for me. So I hope you will pick it up and read the fullness of what, uh, Ted Tripp has to say about all this, but, uh, all right, without further ado, do, let's jump in. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. 
Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. All right, mama. So let's wrap up this conversation on spanking. So one of the big um, arguments right now in our culture, even for Christians or for anyone, is that we shouldn't spank because research has shown us that spanking leads to detrimental effects. That, um, and I don't, I don't have the quote here, but that it leads to depression. It leads to harming other people. It leads to, um, you know, negative thoughts about yourself. It leaves leads to low self esteem. It leads to more violence. All of these things and you know, anyone would read that and say, oh my gosh, like I want nothing to do with this. And especially in our culture now of, you know, moving away of from, for most of us, from any kind of violence and any kind of even violence in uh, the way we speak about things, like, you know, making sure every word we say is, is said just in the right way. And there's not any, you know, um, sense of oppression in that, which we do need to be careful how we speak, but this is where our culture is very much at. So when we read research like that or hear about it, it makes us think, oh my gosh, I cannot do this. I, I There's no way I could do this. I'm just going to throw out this part of scripture. Maybe I don't fully understand what it means, but you know what? It's okay because I'm just going to do what research tells me to do and make sure my kids have the best kind of outcome. And I get that. And I, again, if you've heard my story, I fell into that for a while and was all about that and thought, well, of course I'm not going to spank. Like even research tells me it, it doesn't make sense. And it, for the past uh, couple of decades in culture, this has been coming out more and more and maybe even three decades. Uh, and so this has been a prevalent view, a prevalent movement away from spanking because of this research. And so I want to speak to it today because I know some of you are struggling with that and you're thinking, why in the world would I do this? Or why, why even like would God prescribe this if it's going to harm my kids? And I mean, first of all, I just want to say, um, you know, before we dive into the specifics, God's not going to prescribe something that's going to harm your kids. God, we've talked about it a million times before. He made us, he created us. He's, he, it's like when someone creates a machine, right? They, they know the intricacies of it. They know what makes it run. They know how to fix it. If it's broken, they know how to, what conditions it best runs under. They know uh, what it needs over time. Like if it needs a little oil here, or if it needs uh, an update here, <laughs> obviously don't know a lot about machines. <laughs> so this analogy is going all over the place, but you know what I mean? Like they are the creator of the machine. They know how to run it. They know what it needs. And so God is the same way with us. He created us. He is the inventor of us. And so he knows what we need. And the Bible is a playbook for life. It tells us kind of like an instruction manual that you would use for a machine. It tells us what to do, how to live in the best way to keep our bodies and our minds and our hearts healthy, how to live the fullest lives, how to, um, be who God created us to be. And so we can trust his word. We can trust that he will never lead us to something that will harm us or harm our children. And so, you know, that's my encouragement to you in all of this is 
again, to go in and understand for yourself if you're not going to, if you're going to take a different interpretation of what those verses and Proverbs mean, you need to figure out what they do mean to you because there is a meaning there. We can't just throw it out. And so go and wrestle with that for a while because the, it's, it's a very slippery slope. If you throw out a portion of scripture because you don't fully understand it or because you hear a TikTok theologian saying something about it, 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 it makes scripture not as powerful. It, it takes it away from being God's word because if we're throwing out parts of it, then no longer is it, is it God's word to us. And it becomes this slippery slip that I've seen happen many times. And I think I've shared this before, but, you know, you throw out one portion and then before you know it, you can throw out all of it and say, I don't believe in any of this anymore. And so be very careful as you are treading through this water to make sure that you are holding God's word with the highest authority that that he has given this to us to know how to live. And trust in it. Trust that he's a good father. He has only good things for us and that we can trust in his word. And you can go back to the, uh, I think it was episode 104, where I talked about the theologians and some pastors and what they say about these scriptures and how to interpret this and how we can't just interpret these challenging passages alone. But today I want to look at that research and talk about how it might have gotten off. And I want to remind you of the importance of reading research and understanding research through the lens of scripture and not the other way around. We don't want to read scripture through the lens of research because remember scripture has been around for thousands of years. It is not just meant for our current generation with this current research. It's been relevant for many, many generations. And so we can't just read it through a 2022 lens that we now know better. Okay. So essentially what I want to say about the research is that the reason I believe it wasn't done well, and this is not just my opinion, I read this with some of the theologians, I have a quote from someone that is not, uh, as I, as far as I know, a Christian, it's someone from uh, California Berkeley Institute of Human Development, agreeing with this, but essentially the core of it is that this research took into account if people spanked, but not the rest of how they disciplined. It didn't take into account if that spanking was done in anger. It didn't take into account if there was other forms of discipline. It didn't take into account if there was conversations before and after the spanking. It was just about the spanking being present. And here's the thing. Remember, we've talked about this. The pendulum in culture has swung from one end where where previous culture, the previous generation kind of grew up with a, a parenting style that was more harsh. It was more, let's not teach or explain things. You just have to listen to me. And this, they're demanding compliance. And there was spanking with that. Um, often a lot of harshness with that spanking. And so when we look at that, that's where the pendulum has come from. We have to remember that that's where the research has been done. It's been done in that generation where we've seen this harshness in parenting, and that's where the spanking was taken into account. So now I know there's exceptions. I know there's some people that use spanking in the correct way, but, you know, research is just looking for uh, margins. Like, uh, I don't remember all the technical technical terms. I took classes on this, but uh, it's looking for a certain percent to show that there is some relation between what they're studying and that outcome. So for example, that there's some correlation between spanking and these bad outcomes for these kids. And so they're looking for that. And so there's going to be exceptions to that, but we have to remember generally 
who they were researching was this generation that viewed parenting from that that lens, that it was all about demanding compliance. It was all about this harshness. It was about kind of like this authoritative, authoritarian, I always get those confused, authoritarian style parenting where there's not a lot of warmth. There's not a lot of that closeness. It's all just about listen to me and this is what's going to happen. So that's where the research was based. So these outcomes we're seeing were because of that style of parenting, not specifically because of the spanking. And if you heard my episode, I think it was the first episode I did on spanking, I think so 103, I talked all about what spanking is and what it's not or what it should be, like God's plan for it. And that it needs to be done in love. It needs to be done without any anger. It needs to be done with lots of conversations and understanding before it happens, lots of love and connection afterwards. And so, this is a much different view on spanking than I think most of us have seen. I think most of us didn't grow up with this or haven't seen this in culture. And so we're we're not talking about just cultures take, remember, culture takes, you know, small truths of the Bible and skews them. So in the past, there was the consequence of spanking, but the rest of it was not in alignment with God's plan. Yes, authority was in place, which is part of God's plan, but not in the way that there was no teaching and there was no love and there was no connection. We know that God is all about that love and connection. And so it took a part of truth from the Bible and skewed it just like it's doing now where it's a much more emphasis on that connection and that teaching and that love. And and so we love that part. We love that part of modern parenting where we have the teaching component, where we have the connectedness, where we have the deep relationship. But what's missing, so they took a part of biblical truth and skewed it because what's missing now is the, the, the consequences, the firm consequences that if you act this way, if you speak this way, if, if this is what you're going to choose, there will be a consequence for that, but that's done in love. And so we can see this pendulum swing, how culture, remember culture is just trying to find the answers and they're never going to get it right because the only place we can firmly stand on, the only place where we can fully find truth is in God's word. And culture is not interested in that. And so we can see there's little truth in the past with the pendulum, with the spanking and the harshness, and there's a little truth in the present with the connectedness and the love and the, the teaching. But without combining those, people aren't fully going to be healthy. And so my my thought is that 50 years from now, People are going to do research and look at modern parenting and see that it actually created adverse effects for these kids that are going through it now. They're going to see more anxiety in these kids because I believe that part of what helps humans be healthy is these firm consequences that are in place and that helps kids know where those boundaries are. And so I think there's going to be more anxiety. I think there's going to be more self-centeredness. I think that's an easy one to, to see that, you know, kind of parenting right now is all about what the kid wants, all about circling around the kid and not about what's healthy or, or kind of the bigger picture and not about how to serve others, right? So it can easily create this self-centeredness. I think we're going to see more lawlessness, um, you know, there's uh, this movement, like we've talked about, far away from authority. We don't want any kind of authority. And even parents are losing their authority role in parenting. And so we're going to see this play out in culture. And I've even heard stories lately about uh, my, you know, people that are a a decade or two ahead of me and their kids are in, you know, middle school and high school now. And I've heard these crazy stories about these kids that are 
running amok at school and clogging toilets and, you know, doing all kinds of drugs and things in the bathroom. And I know that, you know, to some extent that's always been there, but it's like to the point where it's disruptive in the classroom and in the school and not just like those, you know, one or two kids that, you know, oh, I know it's those two kids, right? It's, it's a bigger thing that's happening. It's, it's a movement that's happening. And I believe we're only going to keep moving in that direction. Now, these are my opinions. This is not research based on that, but just from what I see and what I feel about what's happening in parenting, I think we're going to keep moving in that direction. I think we're going to see more rebellion, more, um, again, again, coming against authority figures, like, right? Because if we're moving against authority figures, why do they feel, why would they have to listen to a teacher? Why would they have to listen to a future boss? Why would they have to listen to the law, right? You can see how that can easily move down the road as, as more and more people are immersed in this mentality. And so, just like the research came out about spanking being bad, I believe there's going to be more research after we see this wave of parenting sitting for a while, where we begin to see the outcomes were negative for these kids as well, because they're missing half of the truth. So, and I want to share with you this quote that I thought was pretty interesting. Like I, you know, in all of the arguments about how this spanking is so harmful to kids, I have not once heard this quote. And so this is from Diana Baumrind. Um, she's a research psychologist at the University of California, Berkeley Institute of Human Development, like I said earlier. And she said, and this is in an ad address to the 2004 annual meeting of the American Psychological Association in San Francisco. Who has so many words, but I think you're following. 2004, she's addressing the American Psychological Association. So this is a big deal. She said this to all of them. And it says, what she said is, we found no evidence for unique detrimental effects of normative physical punishment. So essentially what she's saying is through the research, they're looking just at normal physical punishment. So spanking, not done in anger, or at least not done in a harsh way with like a belt and whipping and, you know, the, the, the fuller end, right? More moving into child abuse. So with the normative physical punishment, there was no detrimental effects that were found. She's telling this to all of the APA, which is like who sets a lot of these rules and who puts out all of this information. And then I love actually that she goes on. So let's hear, because, you know, it's one thing if she was pro spanking and we're like, you know, people could say, oh, well, that's just her opinion or she's skewing the data or whatever. But this is what she says after that. She says, I am not an advocate of spanking. <laughs> And then she goes on, but a blanket injunction against its use is not warranted by the evidence. So she's saying that just based on the evidence in the research, we should not make a blanket statement that, that spanking should be outlawed, that physical punishment should be outlawed, which is actually what many countries have moved to and that many countries are trying to move to, that it should be against the law to spank your kids, which is a whole other discussion, but just a major overreach of the government. Uh, now, again, I'm not for child abuse. We're not talking about child abuse here. We're talking about a spanking to the butt, not done in anger, right? Like all of these things around it. That's what we're talking about here. And so 
I get what they're trying to do. If, if you don't have the Bible as your guidebook, it makes sense, right? Because you can imagine, oh, well, a spank can lead to something worse. It can lead to abuse or, you know, they, they take some of the old research and say, oh, well, it actually leads to all these detrimental outcomes. But here she's saying it does not. There's no evidence that spanking actually leads to these detrimental effects if it's done in the normative way without abuse. So going back to her quote, her quote, she says, but a blanket injunction against its use is not warranted by the evidence. And she says, it is reliance on physical punishment, not whether it is used at all that associated, that is associated with harm with the child. Okay. So this is where the harm comes from. If it's a full reliance on that physical punishment, if that's the only form of discipline, if that's the only form of parenting that's done is you don't listen to me, you're getting spanked or you're getting whooped or whatever. That is where the harm can come from. But that's not what we're talking about. And if you want the details, again, go back and listen to 103 where I unpack the details of what it looks like to spank in a biblical, uh, God-led, loving, connected way. This is not what we're talking about. We're not relying on it. And there's many other forms of discipline we need to use. We're just talking about spanking now specifically and so in depth because it's such a hot topic in our culture and there's been such a movement away from it, even within the Christian culture. And so I want to just speak to the, the journey God has led me on and what he's convicted me of. So for whoever else that might be true for, you can go on this journey with me and you can continue this journey on your own after these episodes. And the article goes on to say, Baumrind, in her work with Elizabeth Owens on parenting styles, reported the results of their longitudinal study on corporal punishment in over a hundred middle-class white families. The data extracted from a database that had studied the children from 1968 when the children were preschoolers to 1980 when the children were early, early adolescents. The data indicate that the children of authoritative parents, which is described as loving, firm, and communicate well with the child, generally showed more individual initiative and social responsibility. So what this is saying is that the research actually just shows that what matters is not whether you spank or don't spank. It's that you have this loving, firm, communication with your child, that you have the love, even the firmness is there. You see the firmness. So that would indicate spanking or very clear, firm consequences that are not wavering. And so this is kind of what we were talking about in the last episode or the one before it, whatever it was (laughs) about how it's, we need to have authoritative, I always get them confused, authoritative styles of parenting. And that is what research has shown to be the most beneficial and that we don't want authoritarian, which is what the old way of parenting looked like, the harshness and the just demanding compliance. We don't want to look like the permissive perspective on parenting. Actually, I think this is from an episode back. This is on attachment parenting. If you go back and listen to the episode on attachment parenting, this is this goes much more into it. But you know, the current wave of parenting is more kind of in the realm of permissive parenting, where there's there's less consequences. There's less boundaries. There's less things that we call our kids out for. It's really just focused on safety issues and not respect, not um, a lot of other things that might come up. And so we, we don't want either one of those sides. We want the authoritative where we're loving 
and we're firm and we communicate well and we teach with our kids. And so this is what we're talking about. And so I love that someone that completely disagrees with spanking came out and said this and said, this is not what the research is showing. Now, a lot of you have probably not heard about all of the research on spanking, but probably a lot of you have heard about Siegel's research. Daniel Siegel, he's a psychologist and he's done a lot of research on parenting and the brain and what that looks like. And he has so many great things and there's so much good in what he says, but he's very against spanking and um, a lot of consequences. And the reason is because he talks about how when a, a kid or a person is dysregulated, um, you know, meaning they have that fear of danger, like they're uh, experiencing uh, a pain point that's coming up for them, that they're not going to be able to learn. And that spanking kind of um, is going to go against that learning, that it's going to actually create more of that sense of danger. And so they're actually going to be less able to learn. But just like the the research that tells us that there's detrimental effects from spanking, I believe that he's also looking at spanking in the wrong way because he's not looking at it the way that we are talking about it. Because the way that we're talking about it, the way that I believe God calls us to do it, is that we, before we're doing any spanking, is we're doing teaching and we're doing connection and we're helping our kids understand what in the world just happened. What is going on? We're having a conversation about their heart, which is more connecting and regulating than I think any conversation. And so that part of it is absolutely essential. And so I believe that with that conversation, with that teaching moment, we also then need to follow it up with the consequence. But we we can't miss that moment of connection and teaching. And, and I have a problem with what he suggests. So he, you know, doesn't suggest any kind of consequences, but what he suggests is time ends. And he says, where the child can reflect and practice mindfulness to learn how to improve. So I, I love, what I love about this is that we're pausing, we're slowing things down. We're taking time to get the kids to think about what happened and to learn, but time ends that they're, we're, we're saying that this child is going to reflect and practice their mindfulness and learn how to improve. But here's the thing is we aren't inherently good. So while reflection is great and that time to, to look at what happened and understand it and, and really speak truth to the pain that got brought up and the reason underneath it all, that's all great. But we are sinful people. And so there is something that I think as humans, we cannot fully comprehend, which is why this debate is coming up. But there's something about a, a consequence, a firm, painful consequence that helps us learn. I mean, if you look in the Bible and you can go back and listen to my episode with Katie Hendricks, who talked all about this, it was so good. But if you look through the Bible and you look at the different characters that you know, had their moments of uh, struggle and sin, God often would use painful consequences to teach them. And they weren't always pretty or easy or, you know, it was sometimes felt kind of harsh. But God knows, again, what we need. And so we have to trust that he's a good father that's not going to be harsh with us, right? He's not an authoritarian 
father figure. He's authoritative. He knows exactly what we need. He's firm and loving at the same time. And so, you know, looking back at like, for instance, Jonah, Jonah rebelled against God and ran the opposite way and got on a boat. And then, you know, because he was disobeying God, God sent a giant storm to the sea that could have killed them all, right? And this is all because God, Jonah disobeyed God. And so it gets to the point where they have to shove Jonah out of the boat. And now he's in this sea. He thinks he's going to die, but this big fish swallows him. I mean, and then he was in that fish for three days. Like that is a painful consequence. (laughs) That's not sitting and having a conversation about Jonah. Hey, we need, I need you to do this, you know, and God did have those conversations with him, but there reaches a point where you need the painful consequence. And this is one of the things that helps teach us. Adam and Eve, this is one Katie talked about, but when Adam and Eve sinned and they, and sin entered the world, God gave them some pretty harsh consequences, right? For Eve, there's going to be pain and childbirth. I mean, that's a, we know that that's a hard one. Um, you know, for Adam, he's going to have to toil the ground. It's going to be uh, difficult to work. It's going to be painful. Like these are painful consequences. Uh, if you read through the Old Testament, the Israelites, anytime they rebelled against God and God gave them so many chances and he was so patient and so loving and so filled with grace. But ultimately they kept again and again, disobeying him and running from him and, and worshiping false gods. And Often he would let the the surrounding nations take over their nation and they wouldn't be secure. And they were in slavery. They were in exile. They were they were killed. There was so many things that happened, destruction that happened because they disobeyed God. That is a painful consequence. So we can see this throughout scripture that God uses these painful consequences to teach us. And that is what we need. I mean, then think about Moses, right? Moses was this amazing leader for so many years and he dealt with these people that were complaining constantly and he was just continuing to follow God, even though he kind of didn't even want the job in the first place because he was so worried about speaking and he didn't feel like he could be this leader. And yet, you know, he continued to do it. And then he strikes this rock when God, you know, he says the people are thirsty and God says, strike the rock with your staff. And he does, but he does it in anger. And God says, now you cannot enter the promised land. <laughs> It's like he did all of this work and leading. He didn't even get to see the reward at the end. That is a painful consequence. So we need to follow the example of our father, our father in heaven, and what his word tells us to do. And we need to use this as a part of our teaching, as a part of our parenting, are these painful consequences. And it's not fun. It's, I would much rather it not be this way. It is easier to avoid this. However, in some ways it has brought me peace because I have clarity over what to do. I know what's going to happen. I know how to do without anger now because I'm not, you know, wrestling internally with like, oh my gosh, I'm wounding my child. I'm just saying I'm being faithful to God's call in this and I'm going to do this in love. I know how to, the steps to take, I know how to do it um, without getting into this place of anger and, and then know how to have these conversations before and after. And so it actually has brought me a lot of peace in my parenting. And I I truly have seen the transformation in my son's behavior as well. Uh, So I am for it. That's where I land. That is where God has led me. And I hope that you figure out your own journey. So wherever you 
are at right now, don't let this be the end. I've said it so many times, but go and have more conversations. Talk to your pastor. Just read some books. Um, have some good discussions. Go into the Bible. Go learn the original language yourself. Figure it all out and, you know, get to this place where you figure out what you think God is saying in these verses. And I do want to say to some of, for, to any of you that you say, absolutely not. I don't care what you say. I completely disagree. Or I, I do have my own interpretation of what they say. My encouragement to you is just to make sure whatever parenting uh, method you're following, that it's biblically based. Because there are a couple that are biblically based that do not involve spanking. And so if that is you and you say, absolutely not, just make sure you are in, you're using the Bible as your guidebook still. And that it's not just uh, what the modern parenting is saying, because there's going to still be some differences. And so there's a couple uh, places that I have heard that don't use spanking that are Christian based. So what you could look up is One Connected Families. They have a really great uh, online program and uh, I think they have a podcast as well. Um, there's also a book. It's a little more old school, but some of my friends have used it and it's called Love and Logic. That's a great one as well. And so wherever, if you land in that place, like there are still resources for you to make sure you're parenting from a biblical stance. And again, you're always welcome here. But I hope that this series has encouraged you and challenged you and that you go on a cool journey. And um, I can't wait to hear what God shows you and what God reveals to you. And I am so proud of you for doing this, for doing the hard work of uh, looking at these challenging scriptures and not just tossing them out or not just ignoring them, but actually looking and figuring it out and figuring out what you believe. And just just for listening to that and know that God's going to honor you and bless you and uh, and it's going to lead you and, and speak to you in all of this. So just ask for his guidance to ask him to show you and reveal to you what he wants you to do and what, what he says. Um, and yeah, just yeah, go on that journey. And I hope it doesn't take you as long as it took me <laughs> for God to get through to you. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for you. So let me just pray for you. God, I just thank you for everyone listening. God, I thank you that you've given us a plan for how to raise our kids, Lord, and that it's a good plan and we can trust it because you made it, Lord. And so I just pray for everyone on this journey of figuring out what to do, God, in the confusion of what culture is screaming at us. God, I just pray your voice would ring true above it all. God, I pray you would help them have really good conversations with their church leaders, God, and that you would help them figure out what to do with all of this and what you're saying, Lord. And we just trust your voice. We trust your guidance, Lord. And we lean into you as the rock that we can stand on. Culture is going to always shift. Research is always going to shift. But you are the rock we can stand on, God. So we look to you for truth. We look to you for guidance. And we trust you for all of that, God. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you, Mama. If you've found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you.